Welcome back to Devotional Thoughts with Pastor Dave Rogers on the Y Milbank Podcast Network from Milbank, South Dakota. I'm Craig Weinberg in studio once again with one of my favorite people, Pastor Dave. Welcome back into the studio. Well, thank you, Craig. It's, it's always a joy to be here. Now I feel especially pressured <laughs> knowing that <laughs> I'm one of your yes, favorites. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> uh, we are week 13 into James, which yes, is really sir. kind of a, a crazy thought that we've been doing this for the years. whole year so far. That's almost, yeah, that's pretty impressive. So where are we going today? Well, today we're going to uh, dive into the first portion of uh, chapter five. Uh, and uh, I love this pa- passage of scripture because it's, uh, it's a warning to the rich uh, to beware. Uh, scripture, <laughs> the heading uh, calls them rich oppressors. Thanks. Uh, beware. And, and I just thought that, man, this is timely for mm. today. And uh, hopefully we can unpack this in such a way as to encourage everybody, uh, perhaps to give direction to some and uh, encouragement to others. You know, we have heard a lot in the past few years about the growing gap that exists between the, the rich and the poor in society. Much has been written regarding the ever-widening gap and the possible solutions to the situation. Everybody uh, is ready to identify the problem. Mm -hmm. Few are willing to tackle uh, (laughs) a potential situation. Well, not to uh, trouble the waters here. It's not my intention to side with anyone in the matter either. (laughs) Uh, Rather, I, I simply... As I approach this passage of Scripture and the preparation of this study, I simply wanted to listen to the Holy Spirit and let him speak truth into my heart. The first thing that uh, occurs to me as we think about money, we think about wealth, money is a neutral vehicle. Uh, It can be used for good or it can be used for evil. The Scripture doesn't say that that money is evil. It says the love of money is what is evil. It's the root of all evil. And what James exposes in our reading today is the exploitation of the poor by the rich and the warning to them of the fleeting nature of riches and the impending judgment that awaits. Today we're going to be reading uh, James chapter 5, verses 1 through 6, again, out of the New American Standard Bible. And just listen to this and uh, see what James has to say, uh, perhaps to you. Uh, I always read the Scripture with an eye uh, for what I can glean from it, uh, what needs to uh, be applied to my life, uh, listening to the Holy Spirit as he prompts and moves my heart. And uh, perhaps there's something here that the Lord would uh, move on your heart with. James says, Come now, you rich. Weep and howl for your miseries which are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted and your garments have become moth-eaten. Your gold and your silver have rusted and their rust will be a witness against you and will consume your flesh like fire. 
It is in the last days that you have stored up your treasure. Behold, the pay of the laborers who mow your fields, and which have been withheld by you, cries out against you, and the outcry of those who did the harvesting has reached the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. You have lived luxuriously on the earth and led a life of wanton pleasure. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. You have condemned and put to death the righteous man, but he does not resist you. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a firm word that mm-hmm. is being spoken there, and obvious injustices that are, are being highlighted by James in this passage of Scripture. Uh, let's just refresh our memory a little bit here. I think it would uh, serve us well to remember that James was writing to the believers that had been dispersed throughout the nations uh, following the persecution of the church in Jerusalem. Many had had left, fled to these other nations, and uh, had been integrated into the cultures and the societies there, uh, taking the message of Christ, uh, seeking to follow the principles of uh, Christian living, uh, oftentimes in hostile environments, uh, idolatrous nations. And he had encouragement for them. He had instruction for them. Uh, He had words to remind them. Some of them were uh, experiencing uh, the abuse of the wealthy. Uh, Others, perhaps, were in the position of being the wealthy and being the abusers. Nevertheless, he spoke this harsh word, and it was a timely word for them, and certainly, I believe, a timely word for us. Uh, A review of the history of humanity will show story after story, and, and may I say that all of them are tragic stories of those who have had vast fortunes, but have lived hollow and empty lives. Those who built a fortune on the back of underpaid workers, or who have failed to pay their workers for their labor, Individuals who saw their vast fortunes devoured by foolish investments. Individuals who have died broken or alone, abandoned by the crowds and by the adoring fans. I am of the age where uh, I remember back the story of Howard Hughes. Um, He died back in the 70s, and so he's been gone almost 50 years now, 45 years. Uh, But his presence loomed large over society uh, back in the day. Uh, He came from a family of wealth. Uh, His father had developed a a bit that was used in uh, drilling for oil and uh, had made an enormous fortune off of that. Howard uh, was a a very intelligent man, a gifted man. Uh, He was an entrepreneur. He was a movie mogul. Uh, He was an inventor. He was an aviator. Uh, He 
he was a real estate mogul. I mean, he, he was just all over the place uh, with uh, his abilities and interests. Um, and amassed a tremendous fortune. Mm. But he was also a man who was deeply troubled. And in the mid-50s, actually it was in 1953, he withdrew from society and became a recluse. And no one saw him other than a few personal assistants uh, from that time forward, uh, his whereabouts was always a mystery. Um, his, uh, his, the, the size of his estate, uh, or his, uh, fortune, uh, was epic. Uh, rumors were rampant of just how much he was worth, uh, and what have you. He, suffered from mental illness, suffered from malnutrition, suffered from drugs, uh, a drug abuse. Uh, sadly, he died on a flight uh, coming out of Mexico where he had been at one of his properties there. Uh, he was being uh, flown to Houston, Texas, uh, seeking medical treatment, and he died in transit. And... Uh, he died a broken, lonely man. He had a huge fortune, uh, but uh, no adoring fans, you know, no one really to mourn him. Uh, numerous wills uh, were purportedly found, and, and you can read this. All you have to do is uh, do a web search of Howard Hughes. Uh, uh, there were I believe seven wills, last will and testament that were presented by various people going after his his huge fortune. Uh, all of them were found to be fraudulent and and <laughs> what have you. But it's a classic story of one who had great wealth but died broken and alone. Uh, again, I'm I'm going back into. Uh, the same time frame, uh, back in the 50s, the the rock idol of the day was Elvis. And uh, we know that he died in 1976. Uh, a, some say. Some say, <laughs> oh, yeah. Others have seen him serving burgers right. at Wendy's uh, in, in wherever. Uh, <laughs> But bad, bad. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, go ahead and ring that bell. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, so uh, anyway, Elvis uh, was surrounded by people who were just parasites mm -hmm. and uh, did not care for him, love him. They empowered him to uh, live a destructive lifestyle that uh, ultimately consumed him. Uh, you can go down the list of people, uh, people who have amassed great fortunes and lost it all, uh, people who uh, once stood at the very pinnacle of, of their chosen field uh, only to fall uh, to great depths. Uh, you can read stories of professional athletes who uh, 
died homeless, uh, burning through millions and millions of dollars, uh, bad investments, uh, multiple divorces that just stripped them bare to the bone. Mm -hmm. And uh, you get an idea. We we need to understand and, and make no mistake that we must believe the scriptural warning that the love of money is the root of all evil. Uh, you look at it today, uh, and you, you just follow the trail. You know, Jeffrey Epstein is, is a classic example of someone who had uh, a huge fortune and lived a, in just—he was the personification, apparently, of evil uh, with his uh, predatory— uh, sexual behaviors and and uh, sexual trafficking and what have you. And so we need to be alert to the fact that money is a vehicle that we can use to bless others. We can use it to promote and build the kingdom of God, or we can allow it to destroy us, uh, and it will if mm-hmm. we if we allow it lead us to ruin now the 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 idea that it's not the money it's the love of money you don't have to have money to have that oh absolutely you uh, in fact our whole culture is built on uh people who don't have it but love money Mm -hmm. Uh, and they love the things that money can buy them you know the beatles had a song back in the 60s uh can't buy you love. Mm-hmm. Uh, money can't buy you love. Uh, I heard someone say one time, it may not be able to buy me love, but it can sure buy me some happiness. <laughs> and there are a lot of people who have wow. bought into that philosophy. And even though they may not have a great deal of this world's mm-hmm. uh, resource, they have a, a big line of credit, which they have maxed out. Yeah. You know, card after card, uh, the acquisition of material things, which, you know, that's what money's good for. Well, is that also some of the attraction of the, the lottery systems around? Absolutely. And and you look at the lottery system, and and uh, there's a show out there, The Lottery Ruined My Life, mm-hmm. and we alluded to that a few episodes ago, that uh, there are sad stories of not just one individual, but families mm-hmm. that have been destroyed because of the wealth. Uh, do do a research sometime of uh, the Rockefeller family uh, and the vast fortune they had. Uh, and uh, it did open doors of opportunity, but uh, it, uh, it also created some heartache and mm-hmm. hardship. And it's virtually the same for the Vanderbilt family and and you can just go on down the line. Uh, these uh, great pioneers that uh, built our country and, and made our country so great, it came at great cost, mm-hmm. and, and money is often at the root of it. In fact, Craig, one of the things and one of the areas where I see the ugliness of human nature uh, is at the disposition of a will. Mm. Uh, when the family estate is being distributed, uh, you see the ugly side of human nature Mm -hmm. coming to the fore. Um, 
uh, I've heard people say that they were going to make it their life goal to make sure that a sibling didn't get anything from <laughs> the estate, you know. Uh, and that's that's the ugliness of greed, mm-hmm. the ugliness of of uh, the love of money uh, being manifested. And so, uh, no doubt about it, uh, it can bring out the worst in most everybody if yeah. we love money. I would like to look at a few verses of Scripture that are related to this. The Apostle Paul uh, spoke about uh, wealth and gave us a warning uh, as he was writing to Timothy, First uh, Timothy chapter 6, verses 9 through 11, New American Standard Bible. But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil, and some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith Mm. and have pierced themselves with many griefs. Listen, he's giving us a clear warning not to allow anything to become an impediment to walking in faith. Mm -hmm. Money may, it, it can't take away the faith, but it may cause you not to be as dependent upon the Lord because you can do it yourself. Yeah. You know, uh, I think of those who live in what we would call third world countries who don't have a great deal of the material wealth, uh, that we are accustomed to. Um, and, and let's face it, uh, even in the middle class, uh, by world standards, we, live affluently. Uh, I did a study, and it's been a number of years ago, so these are, these are old statistics. But uh, the study had uh, just averaged out uh, worldwide wages, and it, it indicated that the majority of the people in the world at this time, and I'm believing, I'm trying to think when this was, it was probably back in the mid-90s, uh, that uh, the majority of the people in the world lived on $315 a year. That was their annual wage. Wow. You know, uh, and uh, we make that type of money mm-hmm. uh, in a matter of days in in the United States. And mm-hmm. so uh, it's hard for us to relate to yeah. that level of dependency upon the Lord a number of years ago, I had an opportunity to uh, do a teaching seminar in uh, Monrovia, uh, West Africa, Liberia, West Africa. Mm-hmm. It was a pastor's conference that I, I taught, and I was there for a week uh, doing this. I was overwhelmed by the depth of poverty that I saw there. Uh, I was so uncomfortable. I talked to my wife on the phone, and I told her, I says, I hate being here because the need is so great. Mm -hmm. 
uh, the level of poverty that I was I was witnessing was so overwhelming. I I felt guilty uh, for being there. A uh, for uh, having the things that I own, you know, in in this life, and realizing that these people were living just day by day. Uh, it was a subsistence existence. Yeah, uh, they were taking. You know, you might go down to the grocery store and buy a 10-pack of uh, disposable razors. And they were out on the street corner trying to sell disposable razors to to earn enough money mm. to uh, feed their family for the day or whatever. And uh, it just overwhelmed me. I The need was so great and, and my ability to meet the need so limited it just just tore me apart. However, after three days there, one day I, I was in prayer, and I'm just saying, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing here. And he just reminded me that they had great faith. They were <laughs> trusting him. And mm. he reminded me that sometimes I'm a little self-dependent. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm rude. <laughs> and, <laughs> It it became a very poignant moment for me as I realized that this was their norm. They loved the Lord with all of their heart. They worshipped with such enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, when when there was an opportunity to come together with their brothers and sisters in Christ, they came and, and oh, my goodness, they had church. <laughs> And then I contrasted that with us, you know, uh, and we have such busy schedules and uh, we have the ability to see each other whenever we want to and sometimes we don't want to and uh, and other things on our schedule and our agenda. And uh, I realized that uh, our affluence can easily become a great impediment to our faith. Mm-hmm. Because we don't depend on the Lord for our daily bread. We go down to the grocery store and right. we buy our daily bread. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just our daily bread, but we buy the gourmet bread because it's better. <laughs> right. You know, So uh, we have to be very careful. It's the love of money that is the root of all sorts of evil. And as Paul said, some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and have pierced themselves with many griefs. Mm. Verse 11, he says, But flee from these things, you man of God, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Now, there is a shopping list for you. (laughs) If you want to go after a, a productive life, and if you want to measure the success of your life, May I suggest it's not on how big your uh, 401k is, how big your savings account is, or your your business account, but the success of your life is measured by righteousness, mm. godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Wow. Jesus told the parable of the rich man and Lazarus to illustrate this point in Luke chapter 16 
verses 19 through 31. And I'm going to close by reading this today. Now there was a rich man, and he habitually dressed in purple and fine linen, joyously living in splendor every day. And a poor man named Lazarus was laid at his gate, covered with sores, and longing to be fed with the crumbs which were falling from the rich man's table. Besides, even the dogs were coming and licking his sores. Now the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. In Hades he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and saw Abraham far away and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus so that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool off my tongue for I am in agony in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your life you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus bad things. But now he is being comforted here, and you are in agony. And besides all this between us and you, there is a great chasm fixed, so that those who wish to come over here, come over from here to you, will not be able, and that none may cross over from there to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, that you send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, in order that he may warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. But he said, No, Father Abraham, But if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, If they will not listen to Moses and the prophet, they will not be persuaded, even if someone rises from the dead. In summary, Jesus said, To whom much is given, much is required. Therefore, instead of loving money, I challenge you, to put to practice what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Timothy 6.11. Flee from those things, that is, the love of money. You man of God or you person of God, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Mm. That's good. When I lived in Africa several years back, it was very, it was a good eye-opener for me because here in America, we can, if we need something, we can go get it. If we have the resources, doesn't matter. We can go get them. We can borrow them. And so we can get whatever we need. But when I was over there, that isn't as readily available. Mm-hmm. And if they don't work, they don't eat. If they don't do what they're supposed to do, throughout the day they starve and you know they can't just go buy it on credit right and so it was really a, a, a good lesson for me that it's about and you know it, it's not it's hard to not rely on God in that scenario and that was huge to see because here it's easy like you said earlier yeah I can do it myself I don't need to rely on God. 
every time, just part of it, not every time. Mm-hmm. But that that was a, a a big lesson for me to learn that it is, you know, no matter what, we need to rely on God. Yeah. The contrast is this. That's their daily existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For many, and, and I'm not painting with a broad brush here, but, but for many, their reliance upon God is only when they get in over their head. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the rest of the time, you can set back, Heavenly Father, I've got this. Yep. Yeah. And it, it should be a daily dependency mm-hmm. upon him. Yes. Excellent. Well, thank you, sir. This is Devotional Thoughts with Pastor Dave Rogers. Uh, Be sure and come back next week as we uh, get ready to wrap up this book of James. And uh, and then we will have some things to say about where we're going next. So have a great day. Thanks so much, Pastor Dave, for coming in and doing this again. Thank you, Greg. Sharing your insights. Have a great day. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Share this out and tell your friends. Be safe. Have a great day.